Hi there. Welcome to another installment of Making Money with the Financial Coach. You know him, you love him. Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, we've been dipping our waters into the pandemic and uh, tipping our toes into the waters of the pandemic and trying to, I guess, maybe provide some reassurance to people, some strategy about how they should think this thing through. In our last episode, we talked about if this is a long-term plan or if we start to see a recovery, some of the stocks you might think about. And remember, if you if you missed that episode, you can check it out at letsmakemoney.ca. All our shows are archived there. But we want to focus this time, and, and I've had the feeling since this thing broke out and we started to see some of the outfall from it, I, I remember saying to my wife, the world's going to look a whole lot different on the other side of this thing. It's going to be a real game changer, isn't it? There are so many things that we've been used to the last 15, 20 years that will change dramatically. And as circumstances change, as macroeconomic events change, as investors, we have to be flexible enough to make changes to our portfolio along with these changes. Otherwise, our portfolios are going to be invested based on last year's news when they need to be invested based on next year's news. So with all the changes that I think are going to be coming about, I thought it would be a good idea for us to do a show just on potential changes that we can see. Now, I think that a lot of these are going to happen. Maybe some of them won't or the timeline that they'll happen could be extended because that's typically the way that things evolve is they don't happen on a prescribed timeline. They take their own sweet time in happening. But these are things that investors should be aware of. So after we come through the aftermath of the pandemic and you start seeing these changes, you have you understand the investment implications and you know the adjustments that you have to make to your portfolio to keep sort of in the middle or the fast part of the stream. Because when the economy starts changing, you have to change what you invest in so that you're in the profitable part of the economy. You don't want to be in the zombie or the backwater. And when things can change quite dramatically, so you have to be flexible here and look at things as you go along and be willing to make changes to make sure your portfolio stays relevant. And this first one we want to talk about is is globalism and retreat. And I say this uh, with, I, I don't know, with maybe a little bit of extra ammunition. One of our sons is a supply chain management professional. He works for a big company. It, it, it's his job to buy stuff. And he said to me just a few nights ago, we were chatting. He said, Dad, it's my job's going to be so different when this thing winds down because where I source stuff before, I'm not going to be able to get it there anymore. We're going to have to start, his thinking is, and I think mine is too, we're going to have to start making more stuff at home again, aren't we? And I think the pandemic has brought this out because people are looking around and saying, well, how come we're short of drugs? If we manufacture them here, then just add another shift and get them out. But you realize they're made in China, they're made in Asia. Medical supplies, masks and uh, glasses, ventilators, a lot of things come from Asia, rare earths, the things that supply... Make batteries, batteries for electric cars and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you look at these rare earths, well, a lot of the medical equipment, which has semiconductors and, and a lot of the like in it, they rely on these rare earths, and 85% of them come from China. You know, last 
even to last year, when the United States wanted to resupply the space station, they didn't have rockets anymore to launch their supply ships back uh, up to the and resupply the space station. They were using rocket, Russian rockets. Now, all of a sudden, people are looking around and saying, we're getting our antibiotics from China? Why aren't we getting them here? Medical equipment, rockets, rare earths, and the list go on and on and on, batteries. Why is all this stuff coming from overseas when we can't control it? And, of course, if you have hostile third parties, they can control food supply. They can control a lot of things. And you also see that, you know, every time I go to a farmer's market, which lately has been quite often, uh, there's a big movement to buy local rather than uh, listing or waiting for the global logistics system to get products to you. So I think this is going to change dramatically. A lot of stuff that we got from overseas and companies that made money by offshoring, much of that production is going to come back. So you need to look at the home team. You need to look at local suppliers. So companies that rely on domestic growth will have less risk. And there's all kinds of companies that get virtually all their business uh, domestically. Garbage collection is an example. Funeral homes are examples. Uh, domestic food suppliers, pest control, the people that come around your house and spray for termites, rats, things like that. Those companies are virtually all of them uh, domestic. So those are the kind of names that you can look at, and they'll have less risk than those companies that afterwards they look and say, we need to bring our supply chain home. And the massive destruction that that causes or disruption that causes, the loss of wages and the huge costs associating with removing uh, suppliers from overseas, bring them back home, bring building plants here. It's going to happen. So you have to be very, very careful when you own stocks that are tied up into the international supply chain to make sure that they're not going to be disrupted. What about the rise of government through this big government? You know, we were talking in our last show about some of this financial aid that's being floated out there, and there's a lot of numbers with a T at the front of them in trillions. Big government's going to get to be even bigger, isn't it? Of course, People talk about uh, President Trump as being a small government guy, and of course he's removed a lot of regulations, and I take my hat off to him. But he's a big government spender. The U.S. economy has the lowest interest rates, the highest employment rates that we've seen in generations, yet they're still racking up $1 trillion deficits per year in good markets. Now, they're talking about a $4 trillion stimulus package, sending checks to individuals that are $1,000 each, bailouts, interest-free loans, debt forgiveness, uh, tax extension, mortgage and debt deferrals. And all of these things, frankly, are going to require higher taxes, which lead to lower profits, which lead to lower market valuations. And so this orgy of printing money and massive borrowing will eventually lead to inflation. And, of course, you deal with that by buying gold and gold coins and inflationary assets, hard assets, as they're called, real estate and things like that, are typically the type of things which protect you. And you look in the 1930s, well, we had big government. We had Franklin Roosevelt with all the New Deal programs. And I think that virtually both parties are talking about 
to win votes in this coming election is the platforms are all based on how much money that they're going to spend. And uh, literally, they don't have the revenue to even come close to backing this. And we're looking at the Canada and Europe and Asia. They're all doing the same thing. Yeah, spending money that they don't have right now and and just borrowing. And somebody's got to pay the piper, as the old saying goes. What about political and class polarization here because of this now? Are we going to have more working poor? Are we going to have more really, really wealthy people? How do you think this is all going to shake out here? Well, I think in your broadcasting career, have you ever seen a time where you have politicians as polarized? Oh, never, never. Where you've had, you know, it used to be even the environmental and the industrial groups would find some way to make, make a compromise. So they both, you know, you see, you saw progression on the environmental front but it didn't destroy companies along the way. Everybody's well, so trenched in right now. It, yes, and so uh, the investment implications of this is that when you've got something as polarizing as the coronavirus, and when I watch TV, Gort, I can't stand to leave the news on because it must be 500 opinions on how to solve this, and everybody thinks that the other person is a complete moron for what they want to do. Rather than, hey, why don't we get together collectively and put our best minds together and come up with the best solution? And that isn't happening. So polarization makes it harder for legislation to get passed, which helps people and the economy. In the Canada and the U.S., they're screaming about lack of supplies. And, of course, governments are dickering about what they're going to do. So I think this is just going to get worse as people get more and more polarized, and you're going to be, uh, especially you've got to be aware of companies that get caught, caught in the crossfire of this. And, of course, health care is going to become a big debate next year. Pipelines are certainly a big debate. The environment, anybody that's caught in the crossfire of this, it, it isn't going to be solved easily, so you want to be careful. So in, in talk of all this debt increasing, Ron, is debt going to be harder to find for businesses, let's say? Well, a lot of businesses have gone out and will have a line of credit that's pre-approved with the bank. So these companies have gone out and have looked ahead and said, you know, for the next 60 days, things are going to be tough. So we'll, we'll draw down our line of credit so we have the resources to get us through this. Well, once you draw down your line of credit, that's the maximum amount of credit you're generally going to get from a financial institution unless you're able to, you have the credit quality to borrow more. And a lot of companies, frankly, they're going to the line on their credit, which means that interest rates are going to go up. Credit is going to get harder to get because banks are going to be very, very selective of who they lend money to. And of course they should be because if you and I have money on deposit with them, you don't want them lending to everybody. So you want to be very careful with companies that have excessive debt because many of these companies are just not going to be able to get more debt from financial institutions. Or like if you can't uh, renew a forced mortgage because of your credit rating, you could get a second and a third. But, you know, the second or third mortgages are probably going to be three or four times more expensive, especially when you've got your back to the wall anyways. It's often almost impossible for you to be able to service those loans because you can't afford the rate. So, be very, very careful. Cheap financing, I think, is going to dry up, and it's going to hurt a lot of businesses. 
Crazy new issue valuations ending. New issue comes to the market and it's <laughs> triple digits or something to start with. Is that gonna is that gonna come to a close? We've seen many new issues here over the last month or two that came out with incredible valuations. I mean, it's they were priced that the next ten or fifteen years of profitability was already built into the current price. Well, most of those issues are withdrawn, and if we go through a recession, if you're a new issue investor, often you'll look at the new issue and you'll say, well, I'm not going to pay that much. That price is ridiculous. And, of course, you watch the price go up even higher, and people pile into these things, and they're oversubscribed by about two or three times. Well, typically, the demand after in these investors that buy and flip types, that buy it and sell it into the rally when it starts trading, these guys all disappear. So with all the speculators gone, you usually get a chance to buy some of these great companies at very realistic prices. So in recessions, is about the only time I ever buy new issues because it is the only time I ever find them to be priced reasonable enough that I want to take some risk capital and put it in there. So if you want to own some new issues and we go into a recession, this could be a very, very good time for you. So we talked a little bit about globalism, and, and we now we can maybe subtext that to what happened down in the States with Trump's MAGA, Make America Great Again. Is that is that what you think we may be seeing here? Is stuff's going to start coming home to roost again? Well, I just look around, especially in Europe, where there's populism is very much on the rise. And other nations are being pushed by populism to be more inward-looking as well. Virtually all these movements are put your own country first. So the implications of this are, are almost like going back to number one with globalism, is that when you put yourself first, whereas before globalism where you try to, you try to fit into the global community was the mantra, that promotes uh, domestic over international players and it favors the home team. So construction, for example, well, you're more likely to hire a local company because it's going to put local people to work and it's going to put tax dollars in your pocket rather than having them go to Europe or Asia or wherever. So uh, what you're going to see here again is just more bias toward hiring local and getting local companies to do the, do the work, which should also bias your own portfolio to look for companies that really can advantage, uh, take advantage of that. So one of the things that could happen here, I could see unfolding, is let's say we start bringing supply chains from China back to North America, whether it be here in Canada or down in the States, and the Chinese economy starts to get affected in a big way. Are we opening up the possibility of another Cold War here? A Cold War, or certainly we're opening up the possibility of, of an increased trade war. And of course, with Trump's propensity to any time he doesn't like what a country's doing, he slaps tariffs against them. And uh, trade wars can very easily lead to cold wars. And even right now, you're finding both sides accusing each other of leaking COVID-19 from a military lab, not being transparent with information, hoarding medical supplies. Uh, the Chinese really don't like the travel bans that have been put on them and both sides are complaining about the other side's ineffective suppression efforts. And each time you do this, you run the other side down. It just makes it a little bit harder. It's sort of a relationship that dies by a thousand cuts. So the investment implications, 
is the companies that hands down do the best in Cold War or trade war type environments buy defense stocks. So one that comes to mind there, Ron, Boeing, Boeing's taken such a beating uh, because of the MAX 8 situation, but Boeing's also a big military supplier, are they not? Yeah, and that's one reason why I think that uh, they might not get a total bailout, but the, the, I think that the government will help them and has indicated that they will help them because they're a big defense contractor, and the uh, United States has always been really good at stepping up and, and helping its defense contractors. And that stock is off, what, somewhere in the 80% range or something, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's down from $440, and it hit a low uh, around $90, so it's down over 80%. Yeah, holy smokes. Okay, uh, one more thing here. Reality trumps philosophy in something like this. You know, the ESG, which is Environmental, Social, and Government Standards, have really driven a lot of institutions to use these standards when they invest. And, of course, you've got a growing number of both institutions and individuals that are, because they're using this as a guide for their investment decisions, they're, they're typically staying away from a, a lot of industries. For example, pipelines, oil and gas, heavy manufacturing, chemical companies, the list goes on and on. But the investment implications are positive because when a comp company, when an economy goes into the tank, many of these restrictions that were set in the past are pushed aside for economic reasons. So, for example, you look at a new pipeline, often the government will allow it to be built because it creates needed jobs and it creates tax dollars. So that is very, very positive, is recession often helps some of these industries that have growth plans that are being fought in the courts, they get pushed aside for economic reasons. So from an investment point of view, these types of companies often are, are given an, an economic advantage that they didn't have before. And I suppose it depends on where you stand on the environmental front, but if you, if you think from economics uh, here in Canada, you know, why has our resource sector been beat down so badly by the federal government. That's what some people seem to think is happening. I, I include myself in that group. So maybe we will see some opportunity arise out of this then. Yes, and of course, these are things that we look at, and we don't know how long uh, the COVID-19 virus will last. And the longer this environment stays around, where we're stuck in our homes and the pandemic is having huge damage to the economy, to individuals' trusts and relationships, to international networking. The longer this stays around, the more frayed those, those relationships are going to get. So the longer this virus lasts, the bigger the outcomes of some of these things that we've talked about can be after corona is relegated to the history books. Okay, well, one more installment of along this line of what's happening with the pandemic. There is a possibility that the coronavirus could have an economic silver lining. That'll be our next installment. Ron, uh, if we have any questions from our listeners, we always urge them to contact us through our website, correct? Yes, at, late, at letsmakemoney.ca. And at letsmakemoney.ca, you'll have our Making Money podcast. Also, I do a daily market commentary. It only lasts for about a minute, but it's every day at 8 o'clock and 5 o'clock on CFCW. And at the end of the week, 
those pot those um, minatorials are also posted to our website. So there's lots of content there. If you need some direction, if you don't feel like you know what to do, and we've got archived literally a year and a half worth of podcasts. You'll learn everything about how to handle recessions to various parts of the economy you should look at, RSP strategy, tax strategy, dividend reinvestment plans, all kinds of things. We cover a broad spectrum of basic financial information. So it's a good place to go. We have lots of great archive shows. So make sure you go to our website and just browse through. You'll find lots of information. Again, letsmakemoney.ca. And if you have a question, you can reach us there, too. You can send the question to us. It'll come directly to our inboxes. And we'll try to address those in upcoming episodes, or we'll certainly take the time to get back to you when we receive the email. Ron, we're back next with our installment on how a coronavirus pandemic might have an economic silver lining. Nice to try to think there's something positive about this because it's sure been a lot of negative. We're back with that next week. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.